I grew up in a family of missionaries in China. The story of our family was one of Christian commitment and purpose. This would have been fine, except that when I was in elementary school, my family, led by my siblings, who were all in high school by then, had migrated from our sleepy little Methodist church to a big evangelical Presbyterian church not too far from here. In our youth group, we listened as teenagers told us how fervently they believed Jesus to be their best friend. It was obvious this was the standard we were supposed to live up to. We learned about the book written in heaven that either had your name inscribed in it or not. And you clearly had a better chance of getting into that book if you felt the urge to memorize dozens of Bible passages. Even as a young child, this all seemed wrong to me. Was God really only letting certain people into heaven? What about my uncle, a Jew, who spent his whole life working for the rights of the disadvantaged? What about the people who lived before us in history or in other countries? And wasn't it convenient our people who believe in our version of Christian doctrine are the ones to get into heaven? So in middle school, I left that church and came here, where I felt from the first minutes love and acceptance and the joy of the Spirit. At the ripe age of 12, this felt like God to me. Many years later, Gardell and I came back with kids in tow and experienced the raucous wonderfulness of the Great Hall and the love and support of the Mothers Group. It started dawning on me that this is what God is about, the community of his people gathering in his name to do his work, or as the bumper stickers say, to be the change we want to see in the world. But that doctrine thing kept nagging at me. I was constantly kicking against the traces of my early church experience. I badly wanted to stop only being against something. I wanted to believe in something. So I took every Wednesday night class I could, every class Martin taught, went on every retreat, and I had two fundamental revelations. The first was, If I love my children this much, delight in their every word, forgive their every transgression, isn't that what God must feel about us? Second, although I'd heard the phrase probably hundreds of times before, it dawned on me that God wants a relationship with me. Think about that. The completely indefinable, unknowable, divine presence of the universe wants to know me. I also read a lot of books, one called If Grace is True, Why God Will Save Every Person, put into words what my heart believes, that that big book in the sky has everyone's name written in it, and it doesn't matter how many Bible verses you've memorized. The word of God is experienced, not written. God wants all of us as we are. One of the author's parishioners asked him, What if you're wrong, and I believe you, and I go to hell? He replied, do you really think God would damn you to hell for overestimating his love? 
That sentence still brings tears to my eyes because it's so perfect. It's everything I believe. I still may not know who Jesus is for me. I still don't think of him as my best friend, even though I sometimes wish I did. I still sometimes skip over parts of the Nicene Creed. But I know down to my toes that God is calling me into a relationship with an experience of him. And that together, we are here to bring the experience of him to one another.